everyone. It is good to be with you again. I want to um, say a big thank you to you folks here at Abbey for your prayers and concern and support of me, particularly in recent months. Those of you who don't know, um, back in the summer I was diagnosed with cancer of, of the brain. This is um, the spreading of cancer that I had three and a half years ago when I had a, a kidney removed. And I'd been displaying all sorts of uh, strange symptoms running up to the summer. And eventually it was discovered I had four tumours in my brain, which came as quite a shock. And uh, since then I've been having treatment. And um, I went to see my consultant um, on Thursday. You get very personal, my consultant, <laughs> uh, on Thursday. And she is very pleased with the way that things are progressing. Uh, two of the smaller tumours they can't see any longer, and the larger ones. And you tend to use uh, foodstuffs to measure the size of tumours. So one was the size of a walnut, and the other the size of a pea. Uh, the size of the pea, one has reduced quite considerably, and the larger one, likewise, has reduced. Uh, and there are no signs at the moment of uh, new tumours coming. I have quite a large swelling in my brain, which is causing... Um, continuing sim symptoms, particularly of tiredness. And also I have um, my, my left arm and hand uh, isn't working like it should. It's a bit like a wet fish often, and I can't grip things. Um, the dexterity has gone from it. So I'm back on steroids for a bit. And those of you who know anything about steroids, they cause all sorts of other wonderful and bizarre side effects as, as well. And I know that many of you here not only aware of my situation, but some of you here have been going through some very similar circumstances, and um, it's been good to compare notes. Uh, uh, but uh, all through it, it's been wonderful to know the Lord's peace and presence with me, and the confidence of knowing whatever happens, whether my time is long or short, um, the future is secure. And why am I confident about that? There is not a disjoint between what I've just said and what we're celebrating at this time of year. It's because God has stepped into time that I'm confident about that one day I will leave time and go to eternity. It's because he has come in one direction that I am thoroughly convinced that one day I will go in the other direction and be with him who came from eternity and stepped into time. But thank you so much for your prayers. Now, I'm um, a little bit with uh, Andrew with feelings about Christmas. I, I'm, I'm not always bar humbug, but sometimes I do get totally annoyed with all the crud that's been added to Christmas. And I think, what on earth has that got to do with, uh, with Christmas? I, I was interested to see, somebody had posted something on Facebook last week. Um, they were very upset because um, a local satanic temple has set up a, a satanic image in a town right next to a Christmas tree. And Christians were up in arms about this satanic symbol that had been set up next to a Christmas tree. I felt like replying, oh, so one pagan symbol right next to another pagan symbol then. <laughs> All right. What on earth has Christmas trees got to do with the true meaning of Christmas and a lot of the other stuff? And so we very often get confused. We, we see one thing and we don't understand that something else is going on. 
Now we're going to watch uh, part of um, a film that's got a fourth remake, well, a fourth sequel coming out, I think, next year. Toy Story, one of the better uh, series of films that have come around. I think this is taken from Toy Story 2. I might have it wrong. Where Woody, um, and I know for some of you who don't know the Toy Story stories might not understand who I'm talking about, but Woody is a cowboy character. And the rest of the toys get a little bit confused about what is going on with a friend of theirs called Wheezy. Okay, Wheezy. Who's a... Does anyone know who Wheezy is? What sort of character? He's a penguin. That's right. So, sit back and watch this. <coughs> Wheezy? Is that you? Hey, Woody. What are you doing up here? I thought Mom took you to get your squeaker fixed months ago. Andy was so upset. Nah, she just told him that to calm him down and then put me on the shelf. Well, why didn't you yell for help? Well, I tried squeaking, but I'm still broken. No one could hear me. <laughs> Besides, <laughs> the dust aggravates my condition. <laughs> <laughs> What's the point in prolonging the inevitable? We're all just one stitch away from here to there. Yard sale. Yard sale! Yard sale! Guys, wake up, wake up! There's a yard sale outside! Yard sale? Sarge, emergency roll call! Sir, yes, sir! Red alert! All civilians follow this position now! Single file! Let's move, move, move! Here, potato head, Mr. and Mrs. Here. Troikas, check, 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 check. I hate your on sale. Ah, someone's coming. Okay, let's see what's up here. It's a rescue! 
Good boy, Buster. Hold still. There, there you go, pal. Bless you, Woody. All right, pal. Back to Andy's room. Yeah. Better go. Got me, Bob. Woody, I'm slipping. So we have the rescue of, what was thank you Wheezy, my mind went completely blank there. But as Rex, the Tyrannosaurus Rex, and how, how does he clean his teeth? Very long toothbrush I suppose, is it? with arms that length. He looked out, he thought one thing was going on, but then they realised something else was going on. It's not suicide, it's a rescue. And they suddenly realized that what they thought was going to be something very bad that Woody was selling himself for 25 cents. No, something far more significant is taking place here. So I just want us to switch that to think about the Christmas story. What do we think Christmas and the Christmas story is really about? We might think it's one thing when primarily it's about a rescue. And there's a sentence from the Bible which uh, I think if you ask questions of this verse from the Bible you begin to understand what Christmas is truly about. And it's found in one of the smaller books towards the end of the New Testament, 1 John chapter 4 and verse 14, and it simply says this, the Father sent his Son to be the Saviour of the world. And I like these short sentences that you sometimes find in the Bible, which say so much, particularly if you analyse them by asking a few questions. So I'm going to ask some questions of this sentence. And you tell me, because the answer is there. The Father sent his Son to be the Saviour of the world. Whose idea is this rescue? If Christmas is to do with a rescue, according to that sentence from the Bible, whose idea is the rescue? Yeah? The Father. The Father sent his Son to be the Saviour of the world. One of the most common descriptions we have, particularly in the New Testament, and when Jesus talks about God, is him being a father. It's not a title that is unique to Christianity, but it's not found in every other world religion. In fact, many other, many other world religions refuse to call God a father. But Jesus nearly always referred to God as a father. The father sent his son to be the saviour of the world. Now, I don't know what comes into your mind when you think of a father. Is it a good picture or is it a bad picture? Don't answer it because many of you have got your fathers here. But for me, my, my dad is still alive. He's 95 years old. Um, I've had to be driven here this morning by Mike. Because of my condition, I can't drive for two years. So big thank you to Mike, who's a friend of mine from Coventry. He's driven me here this morning. My father is 95 and he can still drive. I tell you, if you'd have asked me to bet, and I don't bet, but if six months ago you'd have asked me to bet who was going to lose their driving license first, I said, my dad, he hadn't ought to be on the road. But I've had to hand him my driving license while he can still drive. But my dad is a good dad. He's always treated me well. And so if you talk about a father, into my mind comes very positive images and pictures. Um, I've got two daughters. They're both married. So I've got two sons-in-law. 
if you were to ask them about their fathers, not their father-in-law, but their fathers, well, Mike, my eldest son-in-law, would say, well, my father, my dad, died when he was seven years old. Not when the dad was seven, when Mike was seven. Uh, he was killed in a car accident. I've never really known my father. I knew him up to seven, and I've missed him. And he's always struggled with having a father figure in his life because he lost his dad so early. And that's caused all sorts of problems, I know, through his life. My other son, if you talk to him about his dad, one thing he'd say, well, which one? Um, his natural dad uh, is at the moment in a hospital rehabilitating because he's a habitual drug user. Um, he's being taken off heroin. And he used to feed drugs to his sons when he was young. He says, talk about his Christmases when he was young. He remembers the police coming around regularly and taking all his Christmas presents away because they had been stolen. Because Dad used every penny that came into the house to feed his drug habit. So talk to my son Jay about one of his dads and they'd go, huh, if that's what a father is like, I don't want anything to do with them. His stepfather, who came on the scene a little bit later on, is imprisoned at the moment for abusing his sisters. So talk to him about his stepfather. No positive images there. So I know for some people, their idea of a father is not a very good one. So to talk about God being a father, what sort of father is he? Well, the Bible always talks about him being a good father. He's one who says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He's a father who will not let you down. I know I'm not a perfect father by any means. You talk to my girls about some of the promises I make, and sometimes they will say to me, Dad, is that a Wendy house promise? Because when we moved to our present house many years ago, and they were about uh, nine and ten years old, we had this big garden, and I said, I will build you a Wendy house at the top of this garden. And now, over 30 years later, is there a Wendy house there? No, there's not. I never fulfilled that promise. So whenever I make a promise, they sometimes say, is that a Wendy house promise? Are you going to come through on it, Dad? When God makes promises, he always keeps his promises. He's somebody you can really trust. This is the one who is brought in this rescue plan, somebody we can really trust. So when we talk about God being a father, it's always a good image that we have. So whose idea is this rescue? The father, God. Christmas is God's plan. Next question. Who did the father send for the rescue? This isn't a trick question, but the answer is there. Whose does it say there? It is Jesus. It doesn't say Jesus, though, does it? What does it say? His son. The father sent his son, Jesus, to be the saviour of the world. What a strange thing to give. But when God gives, he gives his very best. He gave part of himself, his son, Jesus. I don't know if you have got Christmas lists. You know, the sort of, uh, I had to play Santa Claus on 
Friday afternoon. I'd refused to do it, but I had to step in for a favour. So the normal thing is, what do you want for Christmas? Girls, slime is the popular thing, and squishes, yeah? Slime is wonderful for the carpet, I know that. Um, Boys, Lego is still very popular. So I was telling them where to leave the pieces of Lego outside mum and dad's bedroom when they come out the night of bare feet. How many of us have been crippled through that? But they were the very popular presents at the moment. So we often make lists of uh, the gifts that we might want at Christmas. But when you get a little bit older, you start making the list of gifts of those people you're going to give things to. And very often at the top of the list are people you really love, people you like, people who are going to be nice to you, and the biggest and best gifts, or they're listed at the top. As you get further down the list, well, the, lifts, the, the, the gifts become a little less valuable, and some of the names might drop off the list as the years go by, because, well, they didn't buy anything for you last year, or perhaps they've upset you in some way, so you rub them off the list. Listen, the father sent his son Jesus to a world who would take this gift, take the son, and what did we do to him? We crucified him. We killed him. We spat at him. We beat him up. And we nailed him to a cross. And God knew that that was how we were going to treat his son. And yet still, he sent his son to this world. Had God lost his mind? To give such a gift to the world, knowing that we would treat him like this? No, God has lost his heart. He loves you and I so much that he knows the only way that we can be rescued is by responding to what he has done in his son, Jesus. He has given us his very best. When you are next tempted to, or when you hear somebody say, God, why don't you do something? Just press the pause button for a while and think about what God has already done. He has given us his very best, Jesus Christ. So who has planned the rescue? The Father planned the rescue. Um, Who has he sent to the rescue? His son, Jesus, that's right. And the third question is, why was the son sent? Look at the sentence. What does it say on the sentence? Why has the Son come, yes? To be the saviour of the world. Goodness me, as you look out in the world at the moment, we are in a mess, aren't we? If you look nationally, if you look internationally, what's the greatest need in the world at the moment? Well, it depends who you ask, doesn't it? Is it to get Brexit sorted out? Sorry to mention the word. You want to have a Brexit box here. Every time it's mentioned, you have to put a pound in it or something. Um, Is it an environmental problem we've got in the world? I'm pleased that 196 nations have come up to some agreement just uh, this morning. It's been um, announced that uh, regarding climate change, there's been some sort of agreement. That's great. Is that the greatest need? is Is it a climate solution we need? Is it an economical solution that we need? I'm so glad... That when it came to rescuing, to doing something, God did not send us a politician. I think the last thing this world needs is yet another politician. God sent his son to be the rescuer of the world. 
But how does Jesus rescue us? Why did God send Jesus? In what way can Jesus, his son, be the saviour of the world? Well, the reason is, for every human problem, the problem is actually in the human. Somebody here said the heart of the human problem is the problem of the human heart. We need rescuing. Us as individuals need our lives turning around. We need to be forgiven. We need to be reconciled to a God that we have refused to have any involvement in our lives. And God sent Jesus into this world to rescue individuals from the consequences of their own sin and rebellion against God. That's the rescue we need. That's what we need rescuing from. Everything else stems from that. Once we get this internal problem sorted out, then the bigger issues that we might think are bigger issues, well, we can start to address them. So the father sent his son to be the saviour of the world. Let me read you something. I'm sure you've heard this before. I might have even read this here before. So I think this sums up this idea so well. It's, um, it's not quite a poem. It's a bit of prose. But it explains why Jesus came. It's called The Pit. It says this, A man fell into a pit and he couldn't get himself out. A subjective person came along and said, I feel for you down there. An objective person came along and said, It's logical that someone would fall down there. A Pharisee said, Only bad people fall into pits. The news reporter wanted the exclusive story on the man's pit. Confucius said, Confucius said, if you'd listened to me, you wouldn't be in that pit. Buddha said, your pit is only a state of mind. A realist said, that's a pit. A scientist calculated the pressure necessary, PSI, to, <coughs> to, to get him out of the pit. A geologist told him to appreciate the rock strata in the pit. A taxman asked him if he was paying taxes on the pit. A council inspector asked if he had a permit to dig the pit. An evasive person came along and avoided the subject of his pit altogether. A self-pitying person said, You haven't seen anything till you've seen my pit. An optimist said, Things will be worse. A pessimist said, Things will get worse. Jesus, seeing the man, took him by the hand and lifted him out of the pit because the father sent his son to be the saviour of the world. Whatever you think Christmas is, and I know that Christians, the church, have been just as guilty as many of others of adding all sorts of things on to the true meaning of Chris. Get hold of this truth. The father sent his son to be the saviour of the world. It is the God of eternity breaking into time so we who are people of time can one day break through back into eternity it's not suicide it's nothing else it's a great rescue plan let's bow our heads let's pray together dear god and father thank you for what you have done for us in sending your son into this world and thank you for that step down lord jesus you took when you stepped into our world in that baby 2000 years ago and help us with all else that goes on at this time of year not to forget what you have done for us and to respond appropriately we pray 
In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Andrew.